some reviews. Disney feature length films. Short cartoons. We bought VHS tapes. Every title we could. Disney is our business. Business is good. Hi, I'm Stephanie. And I'm Kevin. And this is Let's Get, Get Down, Down to, to Business. <laughs> I told you it goes with the Mulan theme, right? What? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get down to business and do some reviews. Come on. It matches. It uh. works. <laughs> it's got layers. Uh-huh. Um, hi. Hey. How's it going? <laughs> as well as it can be. We're doing this. We are. And I've made you do other Disney stuff today. Like what? Play Kingdom Hearts? I didn't play Kingdom Hearts. You played it poorly. I don't play video games. It's <laughs> not at, an excuse. I'm bad at them. I never play. I'm not like you. I don't play every day. I don't play every day. That's bullshit. Yeah. Well, you can play later when we're done with this, uh-huh. and then we'll laugh at how bad you are. At I it. am not bad. I'll, I will crush it, mm-hmm. and you know that. Hi, guys. Hey. <laughs> um, yeah, you like to make fun of me a lot. Why? Over things. Because remember last week... I got a brand new Mickey Mouse tank top that I was so excited for. Yeah. (laughs) And when I wore it, I didn't pre-wash it because who does that? You know, just intelligent people. No, but you never pre-wash a shirt. Okay. (laughs) When have you ever pre-washed a shirt? Uh, I don't know, but that stuff, what what happened to you has not happened to me. <laughs> well, because I wore it outside and it rained mm-hmm. and it like misted. So my shirt got wet and I went to go donate blood that day. And as I lifted my arm up, I realized <laughs> as a tank top, the black and gray dye from the shirt dyed my skin, like my armpit and the under of my like upper arm and like my chest all of it was dyed gray and black, and then you, I came home and you laughed at me. So this could go like one of two ways. Either Stephanie's going method because of classic Disney with your racist undertones. What? Or I'm now married to Rachel Dolezal. Kevin. <laughs> and I, as usual, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> But you laugh, you, you, you had, laugh like everybody else does. You had to because help I'm me. Hilarious. You had to help me in the shower, like scrub that stuff off my skin because it was not coming off. It but. was like imagine if they had a scene like that in Ghost. It was <laughs> so sexy. It was not a sexy shower. <laughs> Mold and clay oh. with Miss Moore. Anyway, Disney. <laughs> Um, so I washed my Mickey Mouse tank top, and I think it's good to go now. I okay. haven't worn it since, but we'll we'll see. That's I, don't, a, I don't see how any of this is pertinent know, this, to the This is what happens when you buy a five dollar Mickey Mouse tank top from Walmart. Don't don't blame Walmart because they're it's, terrible. It's always Walmart's fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so we got a message from Josh. Yeah. After the last episode that released, mm-hmm. so we're recording ahead of schedule. But the one that released last was Dumbo. Yes. I think he took issue with the one before that, Reluctant Dragon. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he took issue with a comment I had made about Reluctant Dragon because I like to snarkily joke about how women weren't ever allowed to be animators at Disney. It's Stephanie's thing. Yeah. So I got this, like, 
three-paragraph rant from Josh <laughs> that starts off, this is a pet peeve of mine. So we stopped reading right there. Yeah, after we that we like, were like, don't care. Yeah, Pro- par- probably whatever. sucks. No, he just wanted to clear up that Disney, it's not that they wouldn't hire female animators. They just weren't <laughs> training female animators. <laughs> you know. He gave me this, like, I kind of wondered if he copied and pasted this, but I no, think he, he just knows this no, from he, memory. he knows it all. So here we go. Disney wasn't training female animators, and that was from, I think, 1937 to 39. To name a few women in creative, Bianca Majoli, Majoli? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get another message, oh my God. was hired to work on Pinocchio in the story department and also created Elmer Elephant from Silly Symphonies. Sylvia Moberly Holland did concept art for Pastoral Symphony. Boo. And the Walt Then I don't like you, Sylvia. You fucking suck. And was story lead on Fanta- the Fantasia Fairy segment, Retta Scott was hired in, in 1938 as an animator on Bambi. Also boo. No, it's a great movie. <laughs> and I think is Disney's first credited female animator. And of, of course, Mary Blair, um, she contributed a lot as well. I love Mary Blair. She's fantastic. So um, that that's my, on the end, Mary Blair is fantastic. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he said, lastly, to quote from Walt Disney from 1941, if a woman can do the work as well, sh- she... She is worth as much as a man. The girl artists have the right to expect the same chances for advancement as men. And I honestly believe they may eventually contribute something to this business that men never would or could, end quote. But we're not going to train them. So there you go, Josh. <laughs> I'm clarifying. Although that is in 1941. But nevertheless. 1941. Uh, yeah. So hopefully. So Stephanie got owned. She got served, like usual. Because she doesn't know what the hell's up. Yeah, I don't know anything You're supposed it. to be an expert. Mm. You're supposed to be owning me at this stuff. And yet, every week, uh, I, I am the one with the ownage. What? What are you even talking about? The pe- This is what the people tell me. What people? <laughs> we have like five listeners. <laughs> and they're mostly your friends. I know, right? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Plural. Thank you. Eh, shut up. All right. So, what are we doing? We're watching fucking Disney shorts and movies. We're supposed to be doing victory through air power with our short being Gulliver Mickey. You totally instead. You totally missed the setup. What the fuck? What? You're oh, supposed- we're supposed to get down to business. Yeah. Is that what? No, no, yeah. no, no. Mister, I want to name the podcast. Let's get down to business. And and it works. We Whatever. mentioned that earlier. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> so welcome to Hakuna Hakuna. Yeah, exactly. It See, it's dog shit. All right, that's why. So Gulliver Mickey was our short this week. Uh, Gulliver Mickey is a black and white short that comes from the year 1934, and it was, um, this ties into what we were doing today, it was adapted into Timeless River World, or whatever it's called, in <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 2. Never played it. So we'll get there. <laughs> After we finish Kingdom Hearts 1, uh-huh. and like the three in between. And yeah, that's why you guys to know that I'm not going to finish Kingdom Hearts. Stephanie I'm, wants to, but I'm, I'm not going to play I'm making him it. play Kingdom Hearts, because if I have to watch him play video games when he gets home from work, I want it to be a video game that I want to watch. So, <sighs> that opening, though. Was really bad. That's I'll, give, awful. I'll give you that. Yeah. That was really bad. But it's got Final Fantasy characters. That, I don't care. No, <laughs> fun. Alrighty. So Gulliver Mickey. Much. It's based on Gulliver's Gull, Gull, Gulliver's travels. Gulliver's Words are very hard. Hard for me. <laughs> yes, it's based Even on Gulliver's travels 
And the synopsis of Gulliver Mickey is Mickey's reading Gulliver's Travels, and he has, I think, his nieces and nephews. Yeah, there's a lot. They're of, not his kids. There's they're, a lot of little mice, and at first I was like, he's really getting after yeah, it. Yeah, but then, he's not. He, he, ma- he makes a point to say that they're not his kids. He's Uncle Mickey. Yeah, he's Uncle Mickey. And he needs to keep these kids entertained because they're all crying because he scared the shit out of them. Because that's what uncles do. Yeah, that's what they do. So he tells him a story of Gulliver uh, with himself as yeah, the protagonist. He's like, let me tell you a story about me at sea, yeah. but it's actually the story of Gulliver's travels. Mm-hmm. So, um, he basically is shipwrecked and ends up on an island. And when he wakes up, he's, he's tied, tied down. He's tied down by a bunch of little people. They're stealing his shit. Yeah. Fucking thieving assholes. Yeah. Um, I think there was a lot of. Fun sound effects going on. Yeah. For, yeah. yeah. 1934. 1934. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. When, <laughs> I don't know. Why don't you know? Because it was stupid. Really? No, I liked it. Oh. But it's stupid and like, it was just silly. Well, yeah. Yeah. No, no. The part where, so he wakes up. And he starts, like, pulling on the strings that have him tied down and whatnot. And he starts messing around with all the little tiny people who are attacking him. Mm-hmm. Um, they're shooting at him. They're shooting bow, bow and arrows. They're shooting cannons. Uh, but there's a part where he takes... He's talking to the general. What did he take in his hands? And he was, like, rolling them like dice. Uh... What? Yeah, he like got some. I didn't think he actually took a person. I, I knew that he took cannonballs and That's used a, them like marbles. Well, he did that, but there was like a part where he like grabbed something and he was like rolling them in his hand like dice and yeah. he like rolled them at them. I think it was the cannonballs. I too. think it was. Yeah, um, but he was being such a monster. Well, they were kind of being assholes. True, but he attacking him kind of unprovoked, having a lot of fun, yeah. going after those tiny people. But then, <laughs> holla at your boy, Spider Pete shows spider up. Pete <laughs> the spider. No, Spider Pete. He's a fuzzy spider. Yes, he's <laughs> fucking awesome. He's so awesome. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so a, a spider with Pete's we, we face get, we comes get in a 1934 kaiju battle. I was gonna say it's like Godzilla versus. Any of them? Yeah. Mothra? Deidre? <laughs> it was great. So he's fighting Pete, the spider. <laughs> spider Pete. Spider Pete. <laughs> um, and he's just talking about how he's beating him up. I like when Spider Pete spins his legs and they all hit him in the face. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so he's fighting them and then it cuts to... Him still telling the story to the kids and beating the crap out of this pillow. And then he gets scared by a fake spider from one of his nieces or nephews. And then we all laugh. Yeah, we all uh, laugh. Because uh, oh, Mickey's time. such an idiot. Uh, <laughs> uh. Um, no, I liked it. It was just kind of like stupid silly. Uh, I thought it was excellent. Yeah. It's probably like the probably the, be- the best short we've watched aside from uh, the Roger Rabbit one. Yeah. And I was thinking that too. I was like, you know, it's very funny. I don't think Disney does slap sticky humor very well, but this one was was funny. There's a lot I was, was going to say, if you don't think that they do it well, then watch this, because I thought they did yeah. it pretty well. Well, because there's a lot of funny like humor, like I said, with him rolling the dice yeah. or using the cannonballs as marbles mm. or blowing away the ships. and Or when Pete was hitting him, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> Framing his face. It was like and... a like a uh, ceiling fan spinning yeah. around, but it was his arms, and was, he just hit Mickey. So. Yeah, it was fun stuff. Um, 
So if you haven't seen Gulliver's Mickey, Gull- Gulliver Mickey, Gulliver Mickey, Gulliver's, <laughs> it's that Midwest thing where you add the S to everything. I don't think so because I, I am also from the Midwest and I don't talk like a moron. <laughs> what are you saying about me? I don't know. I have really bad. Uh, what's the echolalia? Re- reading comprehension. <laughs> no, I scored really high on okay. the ACTs, Kevin. Pe- people, <laughs> believe people, it or not, we, we need to rethink the ACTs. <laughs> The education system is failing. The primary component of my job is speaking, and I can never get words out. <laughs> uh, see, now you got me off track. I, I know, I know. Say. So, you know, you know. the oh. point is, Gulliver Mickey, very good. Yeah. Seek it out if you have not seen it. Yeah. And stop making fun of my Midwest talking. I, I, just, I wish speech. I could, but you make it so easy. <laughs> and I got to crush softballs whenever I can. Uh, hey, babe. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. What, what do you think we should do? Hakuna Mapata? Uh, Have no worries? Let's, uh, let's get down to business. Why are you Rick all of a sudden? I don't sudden? know. You're not drunk enough to be Rick. All right, so movie <laughs> this this year, this week. Yeah. Our, oh, fe- our, our feature we're Disney. Stru- we're fe- struggling. You, you just stop talking. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take the reins. Kevin's going to do the rest of the podcast. Let's mansplain. <laughs> no, our, and our, now you're Batman. Yeah. <laughs> this is just going to turn into Kevin's impersonations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this man. week's featured Disney film is Victory Through, through Air, Air Power. Power. Now... Many of you have probably not heard of Victory Through Air Power. I've and the, never heard and of it. And there is a reason for that. And why is that, Stephanie? Because it's propaganda? Because they locked this motherfucker away for 60 years <laughs> until 2004. Because their regular distributor, distributor RKO didn't want to release it? Yeah, back in 1943 when this, uh, when this was released. I actually thought it was earlier than that. I wanted to say it was 42, but I think that's when they, uh, they kind of delve into a lot of the stuff. That's where, where it kind of well, ends. Well, and I think they really rushed this. And they did. They, they yeah. made it a, they made it a point to rush this out because the war was obviously going on. But, yeah, before I get yeah. too far into it, we'll, we'll explain to you exactly yeah. what Victory Through Air Power is. So Victory Through Air Power is based on a novel by, or not a novel, it's a nonfiction book. Uh, Major Alexander P. Saversky yes. is the author. Nice job. Um, it's seven, it runtime is 70 minutes. Uh, so it's longer than Dumbo. Yeah. Doesn't make it better. You know why? <laughs> it's longer Cause than Dumbo. Because Dumbo's the second best Disney movie we've watched so far. What has gotten into you tonight? I don't tonight? know. It's like we don't want to talk about this movie. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm pumped. <laughs> you're pumped. <laughs> See, we're. I don't know anything about war, so I guess. Well, neither do I. Yeah, but you watch like the Thin Red Line and well, Saving okay, Private no. Ryan, so you can at least See, know about war yeah, stuff. But this kind of gets I back to. I was watching this like I have no fucking clue about war strategy now, or anything. Maybe maybe people can correct me and feel free to. Although I'll probably tell you to fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> I feel like a lot of the men that I know, and it's kind of stereotypical that men love history. They do. And like they, like even stupid shit. Like they do. Anything on the history channel, I'm all about it. Apparently like, three studios slapstick in history. Exactly. That's, that's men's that's, stuff. That's, that's men's stuff. That's stereotypical <laughs> men's stuff. So I don't know. I mean, there, there have got, there have got to be women out there that are history buffs that love history, but well, I'll but, be, I'll be goddamned if I know any of them. But NASA has a history degree. But she's an English teacher. Yeah, but she had a history one too. Nevertheless, Vanessa, you don't exist. What? <laughs> For purposes of my point. I need my friends to listen to this podcast so they can represent. That's what I'm saying. But they don't. So yeah. we'll continue. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, victory through air power. So Disney wasn't good financially at this point. No, not at all. I think yeah. the last three movies that they'd made had been flops. Well, and they lost the European market because of war. Because of Bambi. Well, no, in general, yeah. because of the war. And then Bambi was the novel had been seen as like anti-Nazi, an- anti-Nazi. anti-Nazi propaganda. Yeah, which I just finished the book and hmm. it's fantastic and it's different from the movie. It's more of the movie, I would say, because it goes more in detail. So, so it, doesn't, it doesn't have the obnoxious kid characters that I hate so much? It does not. Oh, man. Then I probably would love it. Although it clarifies that B&B and Feline are cousins, so there's that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got them um, special babies, boys. But anyway, check out the book, B&B. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a classic. Yeah, if you love incest, it's apparently. It's a classic. Um, but no, because of the novel B&B... Um, they kind of didn't have, at the time, the German-slash-Nazi movie market. <laughs> I don't know if you'd want that feather in your cap anyway. Well, if you're looking to make money, probably. True. Um, so they weren't making a lot of money. To make ends meet, Disney started making training films, um, just like shorts with Donald Duck and some other For characters. For the military. Yeah. Um, Disney, Walt Disney himself read the book Victory Through Air Power and felt really strongly about it. He thought the message was important. He thought this was a way to win the war. He wanted, as FDR, I don't know who's president at the time. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know anything about history. Franklin Roosevelt, this babe. This is why. Franklin fucking Roosevelt. I Mr. Said, Four Terms. FDR. Yeah, exactly. That's who That's who that is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, this is why when we go to trivia night, you're the history person. <laughs> that's I'm- not even like... I feel like that should be general knowledge, not like, oh, I know history, so I know that FDR was the fucking president during World War II. I <laughs> Oh, my God. Anyway, he wanted the president to see this. So, basically, he was really passionate about this. He financed it personally uh, to get this movie made. So And it was just under a, a mill. Yeah. I think, like $977,000. But, like, the other movies, he's losing money on this as well. Yeah. It's not turning a profit. He, even though, you know, he didn't have all of his animators because either they'd volunteered or they'd been drafted into the war efforts. One of the things that I read that I thought was, was interesting, the soundstage was located near Lockheed Martin, which I didn't know was that old. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, they were undergoing regular flight tests and because, because of the wartime conditions, uh, the studio was not soundproof. Wasn't soundproof. <laughs> so they had a lot of difficulty recording the audio. Yeah. Not that this, not the studio was, was not soundproof because of wartime conditions. I missed a comma there. <laughs> just, oh my God. It was a run on sentence. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm not even drinking. This I know. <laughs> no. Well, can I try that again? Disney's soundstage was located near Lockheed Martin. Then undergoing regular flights and flight tests thanks to the wartime conditions. The soundstage was not soundproof. So, yeah. They struggled with that one. <laughs> as I just did. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, the film barely made back its production budget. Uh, but once you actually factor in distribution and marketing costs, it was like another financial loss for the studio. And it was like one of the, the biggest Disney films that could not be converted into some sort of like merchandising opportunity yeah, how do you or theme it? park attraction because how the fuck do you have a, I like I I would love to see a victory through air power ride at Disney World just con- but convert the flying Dumbo's into the airplanes yeah I guess but yeah, I, I don't know yeah, I, I don't know if that would sell very well with uh, the international f- tourists and things like that family friendly 
Um, it didn't really have a lot of supporters. Supporters. It didn't get good reviews. There wasn't a lot of critics that liked it. I don't think a lot of moviegoers were really into it, nope. but it did have one fan. Who? Winston Churchill. Oh, you don't say. That's so Kevin, weird. Kevin, ask me who Winston Churchill is. Who's Winston Churchill, I babe? I have no idea. He's the fucking Prime Minister of Great Britain during World War II. I only know that because Wikipedia. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, this pains me. Winston Churchill, um, he enjoyed it. He was enthusiastic about it. He wanted to have a copy of the movie sent to FDR so that he could see it as yeah, well. Yeah, so, he could, so. He, could see, he could see the importance of the message and maybe this would give them an avenue to win the war. Yeah. So let's <laughs> kind of go over the movie, the rundown of it, the outline, and hmm. then we'll talk about it. Um, so it starts off with some really grand opening music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was very, just grabbed you from the beginning. Um, it starts with a lot of news headlines, news reels, talking about the war. And then some guy comes up and starts talking about war. And I don't remember who he is. And I couldn't understand what he was saying. That's Alexander Seversky. That was it in the yeah. beginning? Yeah, I believe so. I had a hard time with the sound quality, like under making out what he was saying. Because of Lockheed Martin. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I read too, he wasn't he wasn't used to being filmed, so he had trouble well, yeah. delivering his line. And he, he had an accent because I think he was, uh, I can't remember if they said, the, I think he was Russian, was yeah. what it was. And he also had, uh, one of his legs had been amputated because he was a, a pilot in World War One. I believe, and he had one of his legs amputated, so it was very difficult for him to move around in the, the live action portions of Which it as well. There are a lot of, yeah, yeah. It's it's very much half and half. Yeah. So, um, it starts off with the history of of aviation. So it doesn't jump right into the war. I mean, it has the headlines and whatnot, mm-hmm. and, and Seversky speaks, but it goes straight into the history of animation. It talks about the Wright brothers in Ohio and the first flight, which I didn't know was only twelve seconds, and I don't know if that actually counts as flight. I think it does. Absolutely Four does. Seconds? That's like a leap. I don't know. No. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me know how many motherfuckers you know that can leap for 12 goddamn seconds. Ball- and I'm, and ballerinas? I'm not, no, and I'm not talking about like free falling either, <laughs> Tom Petty. <laughs> um, I did like how the Wright Brother characters were designed. Like yeah. they, had, they were very cartoony and had like the dots for eyes. Yeah. Yep. It was a lot like how I, I do cartoons, so I liked it. <laughs> Bias. Um, they talk about the European flights, um, cross country, inter- across, across the English Channel. Yeah, across yeah. the English Channel, around the globe. Yep. Um, back in America, there's government contract bids to see who can create flying machines, yep. and the Wright brothers win that. And they talk about how they fly. Someone flew over something and dropped greetings. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a, a plane lands on a ship, so now we have seaplane experiments, transcontinental flights, 69 short hops around the world, and 15 <laughs> crashes. Uh, why is, in the map, Michigan is shaped like a lump? I don't know. I think just... Maybe, maybe somebody from Ohio made it. Probably those motherfuckers. I'm not just telling you. Ohio. God damn. <laughs> I just think... Coming from the Mitten State ourselves, I was like, no one ever gets Michigan right on a map. Or she like a fucking hand. That makes no fucking sense to me. I don't. I don't believe that. There's no way you can get that wrong. They did. <sighs> they did. We'll watch. We'll watch it again. No. no. <laughs> don't you want to watch it again, babe? Um, so they talk about at the age of ten, airplanes begin to enter war, and there's World War One, mostly for observation and photos, and they show people like. 
from the both sides of the war flying past each other and like waving and they're taking photos of each other. And then they talk about shots being fired with guns. Yeah. So now they're shooting each other while they're flying past each other. Yeah, exactly. So it's the start of machine guns. Well, it wasn't the start of machine guns. That was the start of like air warfare with ammunition with munitions. And then they show uh, how they they initially tried to put a machine gun on the front, but what would happen is it would fire and the projectile would hit the fucking propeller. Yeah, the propeller got in the way. <laughs> so they eventually came up with devices that would synthesize <clears throat> it. Yeah, yeah, and they would they would make it so that it was harmonious and that the bullet would fire and it would always go in between the prop blades, so you could easily you know fire at your opponent, which is amazing. That someone was able to... Necessity is the mother of invention. I mean, it makes me sad that it's a weapon. Yeah. But at the same time, it's amazing someone's engineering capacity. Yeah. So they move on from guns, and then they start grenades. Mm -hmm. They start dropping grenades on people. Um, And basically, the sentiment that's going on here is, thank you, war. You helped perfect planes. Yeah, pretty much. And look how useful these things are. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They talk about during peacetime, uh, they start doing some other things with planes, recording record flights, they learn how to de-ice speed races, they learn how to dive with the planes and do things like that. Then there's some 1939 news headlines, planes can now do, you know, six miles in a minute, uh, shoot 9,600 bullets per minute, and carry a 10-ton bomb load. Woo! Yeah, so bombs become part of this. Um, during this part, I felt like, you know, this has really held my attention. This has made the history of aviation pretty fascinating. And I feel like this is when it starts to go, get slow for me. Because. <laughs> when the important stuff happens. <laughs> when the war stuff comes in. Oh, but first, there was one really cool part that I liked where they showed the wingspan of a bomber plane versus the Wright Brothers original mm-hmm. plane. And the flight of the Wright Brothers plane going across the wingspan and just how far that was and how Mm -hmm. big the wingspan of planes had become at this point. So they start showing Alexander Seversky again. He comes in. There's an office shot with some fake windows and clouds in the background. (laughs) (laughs) And they start warning of warfare through airplanes. And we have a map of 1939 Nazi Germany. Oh, yeah. So... World War Two is starting. When did it start officially? Oh God, you're gonna get me with that. I think it was 1938. 38. That was my guess, but I don't know. Uh-huh. Anything. That was just a guess, uh-huh. literally a guess. Yeah. So then it starts getting into maps, where it shows England covering the water and the seas. France is covering the land defense with their land fortresses. The Ma- the Maginot Line bit. The what? The Maginot Line. Continue. What? You're fine. What? You're doing well. Um, yeah, they talk about German tanks and air power and something called a Blitzkrieg. <laughs> <laughs> I only know the song, Blitzkrieg Pop. Oh, God. Um, something, yeah, they bombed France, the France's land base and Britain, Brit, Britain sea bases. <laughs> um, and then you said something about Dunkirk, which I know is a movie. So yes. take it from here, babe. What do you mean, take it from here? No, it, ba- it basically just goes over all of what happens in Dunkirk in like 30 seconds. <laughs> so that saved you some time. Yeah, exactly. And some <laughs> brutal 
war movie scenes. Um, you can jump in any time about this war stuff. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> about what, though? I don't know. I mean, what, it's what are you all not war stuff. Yeah. The no, Nazis wait, wait. expand through the Baltics and yeah, Crete. And Crete. And then Pearl Harbor happens. Yeah. So there's this sneak attack on Pearl Harbor. And then you were like, they knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a common thought that uh, the U.S. had intelligence that uh, Japan was planning on something like that, mm-hmm. but they but that they allowed it to happen so that you could have uh, not necessarily the moral high ground, but the ability to get into the war by saying that we were provoked oh. essentially by the Japanese and the Axis powers. Anyway, and that and that ended up happening. But I mean, whether that's true or not, you know, whatever. That's, then they go into. They're talking about like torpedoes yeah. and submarine warfare, which was like, crazy. Ger- German U boats. That's terrifying to me. Yeah. Like, you have no idea that your boat was about to get hit by a fucking torpedo. torpedo. Yeah, that's crazy stuff. Um, Alexander Stern, what was his name? What's that? What was his name? Severski. So, yeah. So, they have a speech by Alexander Severski. They show graphs about production lines and how they can't really get to Germany because they have all. Well, it's these not production lines; it's the transports for yeah. supply. The, the supply, the supply line. lines. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah, supply because they line. talk about the production, but then they say, you know, we we need to get all of these munitions, tanks, what uh, whatever else, rations to our allies. But they go over the entire world map talking about how, how much further out they have to go because of how populated all these areas are with the, uh, with the Axis and the, and the enemy forces and the difficulty of all of it and how every, everything, everything would be much easier, um, if you didn't have to necessarily <clears throat> travel by ship and do, uh, things like that because it's slower and it'd be easier to do it through the air because that kind of cuts Everything in half. Mm-hmm. You can you can go right over their land defenses, go right to the heart of what you're trying to get at if you obviously have enough uh, of yeah. force to do it. This but. is the part where it was getting really dry and I was like, holy cow, my brain. So, I don't understand why. I don't know. I just... Like, a, the, the, like this... Once once you got into the war stuff, that, that was the stuff that started to get, like, very interesting to me. Because I, I know a lot of this stuff already, um, or, or at least a lot of the accounts that they gave. And it's, I don't want to say it's cool because it's a, it's pretty, it's pretty morbid subject matter to say that it's cool, but it's just, it's interesting to see how, how everything works the way that even in 1943, because at this point, you know, the war was what, I mean, it had been going on for, you know, three or four years at this point and it wasn't going to end, uh, because they portrayed, I think, up until 1942. So it wouldn't end for another three years. Yeah. And the only reason it ended in those three years uh, was it because of, you know, just the sheer aggression through air power? It was from a plane, but it was because of the atomic bombs that this happened. And it was also, I mean, I guess this, this might be something we can get into later, but uh, Alexander Seversky's big thing and Walt Disney's big thing, obviously, by, uh, by extension, was that air power was how you were going to win the day. Yeah. And to watch this, you would think, oh, well, that's obviously how they did it because, you know, we, we went in with the, uh, with, with planes and dropped the atomic bombs on a couple of different spots in Japan. 
But that wasn't all of it. Like it, it took a lot for it to get to that point. Like uh, it, it, Adolf Hitler and and the Nazis trying to go into the heart of Russia and their forces just getting absolutely destroyed because of the brutal winter, the the mud and everything that their uh, their tanks and their their motorcycles and trucks would get stuck in. Their soldiers starving. Like none of that has to do with air power, but you wouldn't know it by watching this because obviously it's a piece of propaganda. But yeah. welcome to Kevin's history. Book. Well, no, it's that's the truth. No, no. Uh, they do make it seem like the solution is very easy, and I kind of thought to myself as I was watching it, what's to keep this movie and these strategies from getting in the wrong hands? Because some spy could just go to see obviously, this movie. yeah. yeah. So, and I think, I, I honestly think it's kind of dumb too to think that, oh, well, if this movie gets into the wrong hands, like the other, you know, th- like the other forces don't know this. I mean, the Japanese, one of the, one of the trademarks of their strategy was kamikaze pilots. So it doesn't really matter how superior aircraft is if, you know, that, that person is just going to use theirs. I'm going to bring for- that, bring that up in a minute too. Okay. Um, yeah, so basically, like, they, they go into this, back to the supply line and whatnot, and this is when they start talking about the Japanese as well. Yep. And I think I turned to you because they referred to them as Japs, and I was yes. like, that's not a nice It's term. a slur. Yeah. Okay, it yeah. Is. And they sold Tokyo with an I. Yeah, I don't know why that was. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting, I guess. Um, and then they start talking, like, this is their, like, strategizing now. They're like, by 1948, we're going to take over this shrinking radius and we're going to go through Alaska and they have all these ideas. They're going to have long range bombers. It's the future and movable guns. And we're going to target things, target dams basically with 10 ton bombs, bombs. but not, but not right on the dam. We're going to hit the water and the force of the water will break the dam. And and then it'll, it'll flood everything and it'll knock all the power out to these, you know, uh, munitions depots in the in the power plants. And they talk about scientific bombing with armor-piercing bombs and earthquake-causing mm-hmm. bombs. And there was just this... It's pretty crazy. ...fear-mongering of, like, yeah. if we don't get them first, they're going to destroy us. But that's and- that's exactly the point of stuff like this, is yeah. to fear-monger. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of war strategy. I think that's what gets me lost, is because I just don't have the the brain for thinking about... Like, I, like, I don't play chess. I don't play those type of games mm-hmm. that involve being strategy. 10 steps ahead. Yeah. yeah. Um, but basically they, they ended on that. Like, you know, we have to strike them by air before they get us. There is some stylized, realistic, illustrative animations at the end of war pilots and planes and bombings. Mm -hmm. And then it ends with this eagle fighting an octopus (laughs) and the eagle wins and it lands on a ball, which happens to be the top of a flagpole. And there's the eagle with the American flag. Woo! The end. Man. America. And and by the way, there's a sick ass like Japanese octopus as well. It's all over the uh Pacific yeah. islands and everything and it's got its tentacles wrapped around everything. Angry eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so do you want to go first? Do I on how I felt about it? Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. Um okay. I would say I I went into this fully expecting that I would hate it because Generally, I mean, if I can see something is propaganda or it's an extremely slanted viewpoint, it it almost always turns me off because I want to see something that's somewhat balanced. I can see multiple different viewpoints and I can make my own determination from there. I don't want to be pandered to. Um, but with something like this, I I honestly, I liked it because, like you said, early on, you learn about uh, just the, the early stages of aircrafts and flight 
and then you know their practical applications, and then how they applied themselves into the multiple wars and the strategies and everything like that. And and it's like you said, I'm not not a history buff, but I just enjoy, I enjoy uh, seeing seeing stuff like that, and you know to to just kind of go over the World War II stuff again, and just seeing you know uh, just things like supply lines mm-hmm. and uh, war strategies, whether it's on the land or in the air in the trenches, you know, wh- whatever it is. I, I find that stuff very interesting. Mm-hmm. And I thought that the animation, the different types were really cool. Cause like you said, early in the movie, it was very cartoony yeah. with the Wright brothers, but as it progresses, and this is something that happened because of, I think it was like a, a scheduling, not, not scheduling, but they were kind of rushed making the movie. Yeah. So he wanted it more realistic. Yeah. Um, and that, and, and so it started getting more and more realistic as the movie went on with the bombers and the planes uh, ships and things like that. I think the ones at the end remind me of those old wartime posters, like mm-hmm. the shading they used yeah. on yep. them and the style of them, which yep. is really cool to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I actually, the biggest negative for me is that I know that it's propaganda, but the thing is, it's well made propaganda. And well, <laughs> it doesn't it, make it good. No, 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 but it, but it is. And, yeah. and like, it's. Now, my question to you is, what makes it propaganda how is it propaganda because it's slanted you're you're only getting you're you're getting the uh the u.s forces or the british forces whomever else as as like the the good guys but through the lens of history we know that the nazis were the bad guys oh exactly but it's like but it's like i said earlier that there there are some uh frames of thought that thought that uh like i said that the the japanese that that some knew mm-hmm. more more so than what they'd let on that the attack on Pearl Harbor was coming. Yeah. When you see stuff like that and it's kind of glossed over, like, oh, this is the impetus. This is why this is why we're gonna get them. And then you know you you, you come up with the slurs and things like that. Yeah. Like that's that's what makes it propaganda. So here is here is what I wanted to bring up with you. As the wind rises, Miyazaki's yep. movie about the Kama, the making of the kamikaze airplane. Yep. How do you feel? About how that presents the informa- information versus this. I think it's one of the. I I think it's not a versus thing. Mm-hmm. I think you watch them both, and then you, like I said, you you get all the information you can, and you make your own determination mm-hmm. from that. And it, it, things just kind of hash themselves out. Like you you can watch those things and say you can see what doesn't make sense or what doesn't add up. And go from there. Okay. It doesn't have to be one or the other. I don't yeah. think. As they were talking about. The making of airplanes and perfecting of airplanes. I mm-hmm. thought a lot about that movie. Yeah, for sure. And especially because, I mean, it's the same war. And, yeah. But it's different sides. And one is more a pacifist view where this one is very aggressive. Yeah, it is very, very pro. We're going to win. Yeah. We're going to, this is, and this is how we're going to do it. But yeah. So, I mean, overall, like, I, I like, I like the animation, mm-hmm. even though it was pretty rushed. Um, and this, the subject matter is very, very interesting to me. So I, overall, I actually liked it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I think over it's it wasn't what I expected. When people said it was propaganda, I expected a lot more like insulting animation, like more racist stuff, yeah. I guess. More more Uncle Sam type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um a lot of like America First yeah. type of stuff. Um I, I really liked the overall narrator's voice mm-hmm. a lot. I thought he he did a good job of describing things. The animation was decent, mm-hmm. um, same same as you. 
yep. uh, with the Wright brothers, their cartoon style. Because it wasn't like just a generic Disney style. No. It was a very unique, cute style of animation. Um, they kind of remind me of like those Tinker toy. Yeah, I think so. Stuff, yeah. Um, the information in the beginning, it wasn't terribly boring. No. I liked a lot of the stuff about flight, and I thought it kept up a good pace. When it started to get into the war strategy stuff, I think the the shift was not necessarily the movie, but like I said, for me, I'm not into strategizing, yeah. so it kind of lost me there. But I do love learning. I, I, like, I'm a lifelong learner, and so I still was watching it and was fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. Um and I think the the two questions I, that I really thought of as I was watching it was this versus Miyazaki, yep. which I think Miyazaki's movie is better just because it's presented as a narrative, yeah. as a story, and it's just beautifully done. The animation, of course, is top notch. And and I also thought to myself, like, how propaganda is it? Mm-hmm. But of course, I'm looking through the filter of knowing, like, we won the war mm-hmm. and we've only learned our side as Americans through what we learn in public mm-hmm. school yep. versus I know when I talk to my friend who's from Japan, like I'll ask her, like, what do you guys think about the attack on Pearl Harbor? What do you think about when we dropped the bomb on you? So it's interesting to get someone else's perspective. Mm-hmm. But of course this movie is, you know, like us winning the war. How yeah. do we win the war? It's very focused. Yeah. Um, in that respect, they did a really good job. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it they, gets you rah, yeah, rah. That's they, the point. They had a point. And they stuck to it, and they did it really well. Mm-hmm. Would I recommend it? Maybe. From a historical perspective, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Maybe from if they're, like, diehard Disney fan of, like, Aladdin and Lion mm-hmm. King. Like, maybe not so much to them. No. But if someone is a movie buffer, if someone likes war movies, I would definitely recommend well, cause it. Well, because, like, like you said, like you, you're a huge Disney buff, and you didn't even know this existed. No, not at so all. So for somebody like that, I, I say absolutely watch it. Just check it out yeah. and see what you think. Because I, th- I think it's worthwhile. Yeah, I guess I should I should clarify. Like, when I say, like, a Disney fan, if they're just, like... Casual. Casual. Like, I love The Little Mermaid, yeah. and I love Beauty and the Beast. Not for them, but if you want to go through the Disney catalog, if you're interested in animation history, I definitely think you should watch this one. That being said, our movie rankings. Yeah. So they're starting to fill out. This was our eighth Disney movie. We're almost, we're almost to ten, good. babe. We're almost to ten. We're, we're getting there. So you have, starting with number one, Pinocchio, Dumbo, Bambi, Snow White, Fantasia, Reluctant Dragon, Saludos Amigos. Mm-hmm. Where would you put this? This is going to replace Saludos Amigos at number seven. Saludos Amigos will go down to number eight. Because I feel like, uh, even though I didn't really uh, enjoy The Reluctant Dragon very much, I recognize uh, a lot more value in that uh, as far as message goes. Because uh, like I said, this is the, to, to me, this is very obviously, it is propaganda. And that mm-hmm. is, to, to, if you're going to say anything positive about it, that, that is the number one thing. And that trumps... Uh, no pun intended. Everything, every, everything else. So, uh, but having said that, I felt like this had a lot more value to it. Yes. As far as substance goes, than Saludos Amigos does. I really didn't like Saludos Amigos. Yeah. So on my top ten, I have Pinocchio, Bambi, Reluctant Dragon, Snow White, Dumbo, Fantasia, Saludos Amigos. I'm right there with you. I'm going to put it after Fantasia, but before Saludos Amigos, bumping it down to last. Mm-hmm. 
because Fantasia, you know how I feel. Yeah. About would I watch it again? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I could yeah. watch it again. There are, there are segments that you could. Yeah. So I would probably watch Fantasia again before I watch this one. Mm-hmm. But Saludos Amigos is so bad. Like, the thing is... is There's Sal- no reason to watch it. Yeah, like, when you watch Saludos Amigos, you ex- I expected to learn about South America, yeah, La- Latin America, and I learned nothing. Yeah. So, I feel like Victory does a better job of teaching me something. Yeah. Even, even if it's not always correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it, it taught me stuff about the Wright brothers and mm-hmm. the first flight and things like that. And, yeah, it's a lot of propaganda, but it does... Like, I don't know much about war, so mm-hmm. I do learn some things mm-hmm. within the grain of salt of knowing that it is, like you said, propaganda. Yeah. Well, it is propaganda. Um, whereas Saludos Amigos, I just, I learned nothing. Yeah. So I would definitely put it ahead of Saludos Amigos at this point. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, hey, guys, it's not the worst. It's not, it's not the worst. It's not the worst. We made it through. <laughs> I, I was really worried that, I, like, I was going to just, it was going to be a Completely sweet. despise like, it. Like, it was going to be, be hard fest. to watch. Yeah. So, but it was, it was, it's interesting. Yeah, I it, think so. It really it's it's worthwhile. It really is. So, next week, Woo! we have what comes after Saludos Amigos, <laughs> the three caballeros. Yeah, yeah. Ca- caballeros? Yeah. Yeah. And our short is Merbabies. <laughs> <laughs> um, follow us. You don't have to, but if you could that'd be nice follow us on instagram at dtb disney down to business disney um and we're on twitter as at dtb disney as well but i never use twitter i'm on instagram (laughs) i'm on it someone was like someone i was messaging with someone on instagram through our account and someone was like am i talking to kevin or stephanie kevin doesn't social media you guys it's me. But if you want to talk to me through her, that works too. Because, yeah. I mean, obviously you want to talk to you me. Want to talk Let's about, be honest if you want to here. talk about, like, war, shit, and history. Or anything interesting, because I'm pretty <laughs> great. Yeah. We <laughs> are on iTunes. Yeah. And Google Play. And Stitcher. Although, by now, you probably already have a preference. If you could tell all your friends, that would be cool. And if you like us, you know, head on over to iTunes and give us a good rating and write a nice little synopsis. <laughs> or don't. You can troll us, No, too, do, I mean. because then, then other people will be like, huh, this has a rating on it, so I should listen. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Give us a negative rating, too, and, like, talk shit about me and say how awful I am, and maybe somebody will listen for that reason. Don't give us a negative rating. <laughs> don't listen to Kevin. I'm not afraid of you, motherfuckers. You don't like history. <laughs> You're not a war buff. Uh, you don't love Dumbo as the number two Disney movie. Oh, on the so list. good. It's not. So good. It's not. It's terrible. You, you hate ass fucks. Oh, yeah. So, Three Caballeros, Babies next week. Be there. Same Disney time, same Disney place. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kevin. Hey, what's up? Disney is our business. And business is good. See ya. I'm cringing. <laughs> Bye.